discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. To you alone be all glory, praise and honor forever. Hallelujah. How much you are happy and glad to be in the house of God. How many of you were blessed on Friday? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hands toward God. Father, our hearts are open this blessed morning to receive from you. We are hungry. Fill our hearts, Father. Bestow on us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Even the seven spirits of God. And give us illumination. And our hearts, our lives are transformed forever. Bless the Holy Spirit. Thank you for prevailing and ruling. And having preeminence in this place. In Jesus' name, the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm speaking on the subject, the dynamics of thanksgiving and praise. Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The dynamics of thanksgiving and praise. Now, I know we praise God, we give God, we give thanks, we praise God. But as Pastor said, when we have the knowledge and understanding, we begin to see the result. Our faith comes alive when we begin to praise God and thank God. When we have revelation, our attitude towards thanksgiving and praise changes. Hallelujah. Because... When you, got, when you get hold of the truth I'm about to share with you today, your life will be joyful forever. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, praise, praise is what to do when you don't know what to do. Praise is what to do when you don't know what to do. Have you gotten to a place where you really don't know what to do? You are caught in the fix. You've done everything. You are believing for an answer. Nothing comes. It's like you have prayed. No answer. You have fasted. No answer. You have tithed. No answer. You have declared. No answer. You have confessed the word. No answer. You have professed the word. No answer. You have given a seed. No answer. You've done everything you can do in your ability to get a result. But no answer. How many of you have gotten there before? You are believing just for something. <laughs> you believe in God for a beloved. <laughs> Some of the answers takes patience for beloved. 
<laughs> a little boy asked, was praying and said, God, give me patience and I want it now. <laughs> so you have done everything, but there's no answer. But this blessed Sunday morning, I came, I came to give you a 100% comprehensive insurance policy. <laughs> if I've, with all that trying, try praise and thanksgiving. That is what to do when you have exhausted every means. I'm telling you. There used to be a certain ministry in Accra. When you're passing by, they've written last stop, last stop prayer camp or something. Yeah. When I come from Wager, you see, those days, I don't know whether it's still now, last stop. It means that wherever you go, this place is the last stop. You wouldn't have to go anywhere. <laughs> in the same way, whatever you have done in this life, praise and thanksgiving will be the last stop <laughs> to realizing whatever you have been believing God for. <laughs> Listen, praise is the highest demonstration of faith. It is the highest demonstration of faith. You see, when you pray, when you pray, you're asking God to do something. But when you praise, you are telling God it is done. Because praise says it is done. Pray, praying, in praying, you are saying, Father, do it. But in praising, you are saying it is already done. So you are praising and thanking him for what he has done. Though physically it is not done. So praise is thanking God in advance. So it is the demonstration of faith. You are praising him, saying it is done. Yet physically, the problem still exists. But you know that Christ took it away in his redemptive work. So praise says it is done. So it is the highest demonstration of faith. Hallelujah. There are many kinds of prayers in the New, Test New Testament. It's good to know the different kinds of prayers in the New Testament. So many of them. There is a prayer of faith. There's a prayer of supplication, the prayer of petition, the prayer of intercession, the prayer of consecration, the prayer of commitment, praying in the spirit. So many types, kinds of praying in the New Testament. Then there's a prayer of thanksgiving and praise, or the prayer of worship, the prayer of thanksgiving and praise. But for information, the prayer of thanksgiving and praise is the most predominant prayer in the New Testament. Now, in the Gospels, in the Epistles, thanksgiving occurs more than any kind of prayer, any other kind of prayer. Now, thanksgiving is mentioned in the Epistles more than any kind of prayer. And that is to show us that the priority of praying, when it comes to God's priority in our praying, it is thanksgiving. Praise God. It is thanksgiving. Now, E.W. Kenyon says that, he said something that blessed me years ago in his book I read. He says that, this is what he said. If you were to be praying rightly, he said, if you were to be praying rightly, 90% of your praying should have been thanksgiving. Did you hear me? He said, if you were praying rightly, 90% of your praying should have been thanksgiving. If we're praying scripturally, 90% of your praying should have been thanksgiving. Very important. Very important. 
Now turn with me to Colossians chapter 2 from verses 6 to 7. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now look at it, the verse well. As ye therefore, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So walk ye in him. Walk ye in him. Now the word in him speaks of locative sphere. It describes a location. In the Greek, it is locative case. Locative case or locative sphere. It speaks of a location. Walk ye in him. What it means is this. Now, the Bible says that if you read the Bible, Christ is in us, then we are in Christ. Have you ever seen that before? Christ is in us and we are in Christ. Now, Christ is in us as our life. When Christ, who is our life? Colossians 3, 4. He is in us as our life and as our glory. Because Christ in us is the hope of glory. So Christ in us is life. But we are also in Christ. You in Christ means that Christ is your environment. Hallelujah. That means that Christ is the realm in which you live. Christ is a sphere which you live. Christ is the place or the environment which you live. Listen, the moment you go born again, you are placed into Christ, into a new environment, a new location. So in him, walk in him. How do you walk in a man? So he's, he's more than a man. <laughs> he's an environment. He, he's a place. Praise God. So walk ye in him. So he's saying walk in that environment. Walk in that kingdom, that realm called Christ. We have been brought, it's a, loca- it's, it's a location, locative sphere. In him, locative case in the Greek. Him. Rooted and built up. Rooted as agriculture, is that not so? Built up as architecture, is that not so? Establishing the faith as he have been taught. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now the word abounding here actually means to overflow, overflowing with thanksgiving. Now he's showing us before we are in Christ, we are in the world. Remember, we are in the world, but not of the world. Now that you are born again, you have been placed spiritually in a new environment. Called Christ, in a new kingdom, in a new sphere of existence. Now he's telling us that, he's showing us how to work in this new environment. Called Christ, in this new sphere of existence, this new realm. He says that, in this new realm, you have to overflow with thanksgiving. So you walk overflowing with thanks. You know what it, what it means to overflow? When you fill a cup, you have filled it. It's not overflowing. But when it starts spilling, spilling out, then that is overflowing. That means that your life should always in, the, in Christ, in the new environment where you are, day by day, night by night, morning by morning, every time, every now and then, you should just be thanking God. Father, we thank you. Find something to thank God about. Continuously, constantly, overflowing with thanksgiving. So this is the life we must live where we find ourselves. Don't be filled with thanksgiving, but overflow. I remember I had a story. When Revenue Stood went to Kenya Land, 2004. And when he came, he was invited by Bishop Oedipo. He gave a testimony when he came back. He said, when he got to Kenya Land, within 
the shortest possible time, few seconds or minutes, he's walking with him and the man will stop and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Then he'll stop and he'll say, thank you, Father. One man said, actually, he went to Kennerland and he didn't calculate, say within 10 minutes or within 15 or something, 30 minutes, he has given thanks about 70 times. The man was counting. <laughs> so he just walk and look around and say, oh, Father, thank you. And it had become even unconscious. He had given thanks so much that it was an, it, it was, it was an unconscious consciousness. You understand? <laughs> thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, thank you for what you have done. Lord, thank you. May that be your story in Jesus' name. Where you are constantly overflowing with thanksgiving. Very important. Very important. I remember having read the book of uh, Anna Roundtree, Heaven I With the Bride. And this woman, powerful woman of God, she was, she was taken to heaven. She had a heavenly experience. And she said that in the spirit realm, when believers are giving thanks, Father, thank you. What comes out of your mouth is like flight beds of light. Bed of light. Just comes, just leaves our, our lips and enter into heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You just, can you imagine? Beds of light. You know, bed is part of the burnt offering in the Old Testament. I don't want to go into all those dynamics, but whenever you say thank you, something leads you to heaven. It's amazing. It's so powerful. <laughs> when I, I read that book, fly, every time, Father, thank you. Because I wanted flight, beds of light. <laughs> Hallelujah. Colossians 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the peace of God rule. Now the word rule is, where, is the, from the word, in the Greek is the word ampa or um, umpire. Some mention it ampa or umpire. U-M-P-I-R-E. Now in the Greek is the word umpire or the word referee. Referee. Let the peace of God refree your heart. What it means is that this word um, ampa was used in ancient times for referees who were also judges who moderated athletic competitions and different kinds of games. What he's saying is that be the referee. Let your heart refree. Your heart becomes an arbitrator. Your heart is like a referee or a judge. When there is conflict, he says that as the referee, choose the place of peace. Choose the place of peace. But he says that to the which ye are called in one body. So he's speaking of the church. He's speaking of the church. He's talking about peace amongst ourselves. Now in a church like this, we are so many. By all means, we step on somebody's feet. Is that not so? By all means, unconsciously, you may hurt someone. But he says that whether consciously or unconsciously, you are the referee. Make sure you go for peace. In the church, then he says, and be thankful. And be thankful. What it means is that he's telling us the church life, how the church life should be. When someone hurts you, offend you, two things, go for peace. And after that, start thanking God for the situation. But I thank you for what has happened. Father, I don't like it, but I give you praise. Hallelujah. I give you praise. Even in that situation where you are offended, thank God. And let, as we go on, you understand what, why I'm saying what I'm saying. Even in that situation where you are defeated, thank God. In that situation where you are offended, thank God. 
And that's the situation where you are hurt. Thank God. Colossians 4 verse 2. So no matter what, brethren, just be thankful. Whether you're offended or whatever is happening, say, I'll be thankful. thankful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now this verse says, continue in prayer. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. Continue. What does it mean to continue in prayer? That means be steadfast. Persevere. Be persistent. Never win. When it comes to your praying, let it be steadfast. Persevere in praying. And watch in the same. The same year is the praying. So when you are praying, watch. Now the word watch here means to be wakeful or to be alert. It's like a watchman who is watching over a house. So that robbers don't invade the house. He's saying that pray. Continue in praying. But as, as you are praying, watch in the same. Be alert and be wakeful. Watch you. Watch, what are you, are you supposed to watch against? Like a watchman who watch in the night to see where thieves are coming or where robbers are coming from so he can prevent robbery. In the same way, when you are praying, there are certain things that can rob you of your answers to prayer. So watch them. There are thieves that come to rob you of your answers to prayer when you are praying. So it says be alert and wakeful in the prayer. What are some of the robbers or the thieves that can rob you of your answers to prayer? Doubt, worry, anxiety. You see, doubt. Then you are worried. Though you have told God you are still worried about the issue. Then you are anxious. The anxiety. Then, because of doubt, you, you make vain repetitions. Vain repetitions. Do it, Lord. 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 People pray like that. Thinking that by saying do it, Lord, God will do it. But that's not how to pray. Hallelujah. He's telling us that he's showing us how to be wakeful and how to be alert with your prayer. How do you do it? With thanksgiving. (laughs) You know how to continue in prayer? You continue in your prayer with thanksgiving. After you have asked God for something, the next day, when you go, don't ask again. Start thanking God and praising God for what you have asked. Other than that, the, the thieves and the robbers will invade your heart. If you ask God the same thing for seven days, you know what is happening? You are not only nullifying the principle of faith, you are giving in to doubt and to fretfulness and to unbelief and to worry. So whenever you have asked God for, for anything, the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, what things soever ye desire. When you pray, believe that ye receive it. Ye receive them and ye shall have them. Hallelujah. So when you pray, believe you have it. So when you go again, it's full of thanksgiving. You are full of thanksgiving. Praising God. Praising God. That's how to continue in prayer. Just be thanking God for what you have asked. And you see answers. Are you here with me? Praise the Lord. Now let's go to the book of 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3. Second Thessalonians 1 verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you. He said, we are bound to thank God, brethren, always for you. To thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet. 
Because that your faith groweth exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you or towards each other aboundeth. Now let's see Second Thessalonians 2 verse 13. Here he said we are bound. But let's see 2 verse 13. The same words are used. We are bound. But we are bound to give thanks. But we are bound. Now what does it mean? What was Paul saying? Paul says but we are bound to give thanks. Now in the Greek... The same word for we are bound is what is used in Romans 13 verse 10. Romans 13 verse 8. The word we are bound is the same word used in Romans 13 verse 8. Oh, no man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word we are bound in the Greek actually means that thanksgiving is a death you owe. Paul is saying that we are indebted. We are, we are in death to God. So thanksgiving, there's something we all owe God. That is thanksgiving. And there's something we all, we all owe every man. That is love. In Romans 13 verse 8, owe no man anything but to love one another. So what you owe your neighbor is love. But there is something you owe God. And Apostle Paul said we are bound. In the Greek, we, we owe God. We are in death to God. Brethren, let me tell you something. You owe God. What you owe God is thanksgiving. Listen, you owe God thanksgiving. Do you, you have to thank God for the ability to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have to thank God for appetite. Yeah. Because appetite is a, is a gift from God. Now haven't you seen in the Ecclesiastes that eating is, a, eating is a gift of God? Haven't you seen someone who is so sick and the person has no appetite? And all the sumptuous delicacies and the buffet and the banquet, the banqueting table is before the person. The delicacies are there. But the there is not there. <laughs> and the person is weeping. And sees how others are enjoying all the turkey and, and all the chicken and all the... Someone said domedo. <laughs> the fried one said, Oh. <laughs> If I've lost appetite before and you have the ability to eat, nobody will tell you to, to thank God for even the appetite. Now you have to thank God for health. Good health, I'm telling you. Thank God for the, for the ability to walk. You think walking is not a gift? <laughs> Someone I know got paralyzed. A friend of mine got paralyzed for two and a half years. And how he treasured walking. <laughs> he couldn't wait to walk. Then he realized that walking is a gift. Have you thanked God for your legs? <laughs> have you thanked God for your ears? Now, have you thanked God for your, for your nose? The ability to breathe. <laughs> have you thanked God for the sun? Look at how you are discomforted by doom so. But, but God's son is ever faithful. This guy. <laughs> we went to the hospital to Kolebu and I was with Dr. Kofi. Yes, Pastor Kofi. And we were there. We got there very early and we saw sick people sitting all over under the tree. And we left somewhere in the afternoon and those same people had not, not been attended to. And Dr. Kofi was telling me that some of these people sit down now from 6 a.m. 
to 6 p.m. and they are not attended to. And they have to come back the next day to be in the queue again. So while we're there, the doctor said that, ah, he's a doctor. He's been attending to people. But today it has just dawned on him. He's now feeling what the people have been feeling. Because we're outside. We're also in the queue. Hmm. Brethren, if you have been sick before, uh, you'll ever be grateful that you have good health. <laughs> you didn't take it for granted. You sit in a car and you go home. It's a miracle. One day I was in a plane. When the plane was just about to land, I had a vision. I saw this plane has just been deli- delivered from being crashed. There are so many things God, has, God delivers us from which we have no idea. Don't wait for the negative to happen. Then you escape. Then you give God the thanks for having escaped. <laughs> Hallelujah. But ever be giving thanks. Praise God. Alright. What then is thanksgiving? And what is praise? Now, the, new, the word thanksgiving, it will surprise you what the Greek word is. Now, the Greek word for thanksgiving is the word grace. Okay, what is the word for, what is the Greek word for grace? Charis, is that not so? Now, if you add EU, EU to charis, you have the word thanksgiving. It's EU charis. It's Eucharist, that's Thanksgiving. And the word EU is the word for good in the Greek. So it is good grace. Good grace. And let me show you, even in English, Colossians 3.16, I'll show you what Thanksgiving is. Now let's use King James and use Colossians. Yes. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts. Singing with grace. Now, King James says, singing, say singing with grace. Now look at what this version says. Sing to God with thanksgiving in your heart. Sing to God with thanksgiving in your heart. Why? Because they are the same words. So now, thanksgiving is grace, good grace. God's good, undeserving favor. Favor you cannot merit. So this is it. If you start giving thanks for every kind of situation you are in, what you are allowing is for the grace of God to locate that situation. Every kind of situation, every situation, every circumstance, if you start thanking God, you know what you are doing? <laughs> you are allowing grace to flow to that situation. Okay, let me go to Hebrew so you understand well. Now, in Hebrew, the word thanksgiving is the word yada. Say yada. yada. Now, yada is spelled Y-A-D-A-H. Thanksgiving, yada. Y-A-D-A-H. Yada. Y-A-D-A-H. And let me show you what yada is. Now, let me do a little Hebrew. In Hebrew, you know how to spell yada. It is yud daleth he. Yud daleth he. Now, in Hebrew, it's not like English. In Hebrew, the words, the letters even have pictures attached to them. Every letter has a pictogram. 
So yud in Hebrew, yud is the hand. And daleth is a door. And he is grace in Hebrew. So in Hebrew, yada is yud, daleth, he. Hand, yud, daleth, door. He, H-E-I, grace. So yada in Hebrew, you know what it is? The hand that opens the door of grace. Thanksgiving in Hebrew is the hand that opens the door of grace. Hallelujah. I thought you'd be excited. Are you excited? So what it means is that if you start giving thanks, thanksgiving is that hand that opens the door of grace. You are just allowing grace to come into that situation. To locate that situation. Just come in. <laughs> and when the favor you cannot deserve locates your situation, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a, an immediate turnaround. Remember, Judah, among the tribes, you know the meaning of Judah is praise. You should know that Judah is what? Praise. But in the Hebrew, Judah is Yehuda. That's Judah. It's Yehuda. We only want to know how Judah is spelled in Hebrew. Now, do you know the name Jehovah or Yahweh? How Yahweh is spelled in Hebrew? It's very common. Have you ever seen the word Y-H-V-H? <laughs> it's the most sacred, sacred four-letter word in Hebrew. In fact, when a Jewish man is writing, this is the name of the name Jehovah or Yahweh. He's writing, uh, then it comes to this name. He'll put down his pen and make an ablution. Wash himself and take a new pen and write Y-H-V-H, the name Jehovah. yud he vav he It's so holy, they call it the sacred tetragrammaton. It's so holy. Now, so God's name is Y-H-V-H. That, uh, Hebrew has no consonant, uh, has no vowels. Y-H-V-H. Yud, he, vav, he. That's the name Jehovah. When you add one word to it, it becomes praise, Judah. Now, when you add one word to Jehovah's name, everything changes to Judah, which means praise. And the word is daleth. Yud, he, daleth, he. So, <laughs> there's one word that is added to Jehovah's name, and the word is daleth, which is the word for door. So, what it means is that praise opens the door for Jehovah. <laughs> when you start praising and thanking God the door is open Jehovah now come inside the situation you know why because in Psalm 22 verse 3 thou art holy thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel why he, he comes in praise brings God to that situation hallelujah what it means is that when you start praising God, God, now God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. Although God is everywhere, his manifest presence is not everywhere. But praise brings God's manifest presence, his visible, his tangible presence by praise. When you praise from your heart, the Bible says, sing ye praises with understanding. So when you sing praises with understanding, you provoke God's manifest presence and God takes over the situation. God comes in. He walks in. Remember, in Israel, every time they were in trouble and they went to God and they asked God, which tribe should lead us first? 
for the battle? Every time the answer is Judah shall lead. Every time an enemy comes against Israel and they inquire of God, which tribe should lead? Every time God says Judah. You know what it means? What it means is that every time you are in trouble, what must first lead you is praise. <laughs> Your natural response to every kind of trouble is to start praising God. Father, I give you glory. I give you praise. And you begin to see the wonderful, mighty hand of God in every situation. Hallelujah. Now, when are you supposed to praise God? Ask your neighbor, when am I to praise God? The answer is every time. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 34 verse 1. Now, David, now do you know that David prayed, David prayed three times a day, but he praised seven times a day. So David praised more than pray. Okay, let's see. Psalm 55 verse 17. David prayed evening, morning, and noon. Look at what it says. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray. So he prayed three times. So evening, the Jewish evening is 3 p.m. Morning is 9, is 6 a.m. But this time it's 9 a.m. because of the morning sacrifice. The noon is 12. So he prayed, David prayed three times. But see, let's see Psalm 119 verse 164. Psalm 119 verse 164. So he prayed three times. Look at this one. Seven times a day do I praise thee. Hallelujah. <laughs> so obviously he praised more than prayed. So he gave the preeminence to prayer. Seven times a day. Do I, that David was a very busy king. I know you say you are busy. But are you busier than King David? <laughs> Attending to issues here and there, even giving at even his wives alone. <laughs> even how many wives did he have? Even his wives alone, and his children, <laughs> and his elders, and his issues. Yet he praised seven times because that was his priority. May that be your story in Jesus' name. Amen. When are you supposed to praise? First Thessalonians chapter two, verse thirteen. Every time. And look at what the Bible says. For this cause also, thank we God without ceasing. Oh. Because when ye receive the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye receive it not in as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. I like this verse. Have you seen that the, the, the word receive appears to, twice in this verse? He says that. When you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men. There are two ways of receiving God's word. You receive God's word and you receive God's word. It's receiving and receiving. Just like faith comes by hearing and hearing. There is receiving and receiving. Because though you see the word receive, receive, the Greek words are different. The first one is paralambano. Paralambano. But the second one is dekomai. So that there, are, there are two ways you receive God's word. The first one is what is happening now. As I'm preaching God's word, you are receiving it. You are hearing it. But the second receiving is when you take it, keep it as your personal property. <laughs> Praise God. You keep it, you retain it. You hold it. 
Personalize it. And I pray that even as you listen to this word, it will not just be by the first receiving, but it will be by, you, you, you have the second receiving also. That means you go home and meditate on it. Because when you do that, the Bible says that when you have the second receiving, it effectually worketh. The word effectually worketh is the word energio. It energizes those who believe. The, if you have the second receiving, there's an energy that, energy that is released in God's word for your blessing. But what I'm, 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 I want to talk about is the word without season. Look at how Paul gave thanks. Therefore, even the way the people received the word of God, he was giving thanks. Even the way you are receiving the word of God, when I go, I'm going to give thanks. Father, thank you. But Paul is saying that we give thanks to God without season. Say without season. Without season. Now the word without season is a Greek word. Where we, in the Greek is where we get the word hacking cough. Hacking cough. Now hacking cough is a short, dry, frequent cough. A short, dry, frequent cough. How many of you have been have have coughed before? You remember a very terrible day where you were always coughing. Now, when you are coughing and you are going to lecture or you are going for work, do you tell yourself, today is a very special day. I'll make sure I cough only 10 times. Now, do you plan how many times to cough? You don't plan how many times to cough. It comes everywhere, every time. In fact, you can't even be before your lecturer. And you go like, oh, excuse me, say. (coughs) Is that not so? So it happens everywhere. That is the Greek word for always giving thanks. Brethren, you have to give thanks everywhere. <laughs> whether you are in the washroom or whether you are in the throne room or whether whichever room you are, start giving God thanks. Hallelujah. You can be just talking to someone as you are talking to the person. Start giving thanks. Oh, God, thank you. You can even intercept what he said and say, oh, glory to God. Oh, praise to God. Because it, it, it must come from within. When it is by revelation, it comes spontaneously unconsciously and that's cough is a disease that comes from within you, you, you don't plan so thanksgiving must just become naturally your natural nature spontaneously praise god and i see it happening to you already even in jesus name the son of god hallelujah now there's another way where you have to give thanks and this one is very special i want to bring your emphasis to what i'm going to say you give thanks to God in challenges and difficult situations. You give thanks to God. Now, Christians only give thanks when things are well. But I want to teach you how to give thanks when things are not well. And what to say when things are not well. <laughs> now, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. Now, give thanks is, is imperative. That means it is a command in everything. Now, he didn't say in good things or in pleasant things. In everything. That means that the situation you find yourself in is not good at all. Start thanking God for that situation. That's what he's saying. Not just for everything, but in everything. Ephesians 5 verse 20. Giving thanks always. Look at the word always. Emphasis. For all things. Now this verse didn't say for good things. All all is all. All things. Unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And obviously in Philippians 4 verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything. 
by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So in everything, as you pray, add thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Why do I say this? Do you remember when Lazarus died? And the news came that Lazarus was dead. And Jesus waited for two days before going so that Lazarus can be properly dead. <laughs> so that the Jews wouldn't say the guy is not really dead. He waited for the dead to be deadened. So the glory of God will be manifested. Now when he got there, they said by this time he stinketh. So it was obvious he was totally dead. Now Jesus stood. In John eleven forty one. what was Jesus' first response when he encountered a deadened situation? He lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. Listen, his first response to a deadened situation was to give thanks. Now, Jesus is teaching us something. If Jesus, Jesus could give thanks for that which is dead, I know you are going through certain situations in life, but your situation is not dead, deadened yet. What you are believing God for, the fact that you are believing God for it means that it is not yet dead. If Jesus could give thanks for that which is dead, then you can give thanks for that which is not dead yet. Praise God. Because if that which is dead could respond to thanksgiving and come alive, much less that which is not dead, or much more. Hallelujah. Very important. Listen, Thanksgiving is such a mystery. There is this lady who gave birth to a child. A daughter. And, a, and the girl wasn't sleeping. Every night, she would sleep for just an hour and wake up. Now, if you have given birth before, you will agree with me that it's, not, it's, it's troublesome if your daughter can sleep for just an hour. And this happened almost the entire year. So, she wasn't sleeping. The girl couldn't sleep well. And this was a believer. She prayed all her life. Oh, Lord, Father, do something. Father, prayed, 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 prayed until she, she was fed up praying. One day, she was rocking the baby. And it just occurred to her, why don't I try, why don't I try Thanksgiving? So, as she was rocking the baby, she said, why don't I... It just dawned on her by the Holy Ghost. Why don't you start thanking me for the very situation? Then she opened her mouth and said, Father, thank you that my child cannot sleep. Thank you for the sleeplessness of my child. Thank you for this situation. You are God and King. And I even thank you. In this situation, my child cannot sleep and I thank you. While she was rocking the baby, the baby continued, slept for 12 hours continuously. 12 hours. 12 hours. I'm not going to be afraid. Hey, what's happening to my baby? <laughs> and that was the end. She slept. She started sleeping every day. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's the power of thanksgiving. She said, Father, thank you that my child cannot sleep. Because in everything and for everything, give thanks. There was this wonderful couple. They were staying together. And a man just stood up and said, I don't want this marriage again. You have to pray when you're going to get married. Someone can be very nice today, but there's no guarantee he'll be nice tomorrow. Only God declares the end from the beginning. Yeah. So the fact that a guy is in a nice tie and is a press secretary doesn't mean you should go ahead. 
Then the man left. He says, I don't want this marriage. He left. The woman was, was a believer. She was praying. She prayed and prayed and prayed for a month. Nothing was happening. Now it just dawned on her. Why don't I start thanking God for this situation? And that day she went on her, on her knees saying, Father, thank you that my husband is gone. That's, that was her prayer. Thank you that my husband is gone. Father, I, I thank you that my husband says she doesn't like this marriage again. I give you all the glory. You are king of all. You are majestic. Praising God. Listen, while she was on her knees, she heard a knock on the door. And the postman brought a letter to her while she was praising. She opened a letter and the letter was from her husband. Her husband saying that, honey, I'm so sorry. I love you and I want to come back home. <laughs> Hallelujah. What I'm telling you, it works so. Oh, my young day. There's this family in U.S. A very wonderful, notable Christian family. But their daughter was a stripper at the nightclub. <laughs> Can you imagine having, see yourself as a parent? Godly home. And your daughter, go, your daughter goes every night to strip her naked body. What kind of testimony is that? I mean, you may even feel disqualified from being a leader. Because if any man knows not how to care for his own house, how can he care for the church of God? <laughs> Listen, they prayed and prayed and sent prayer topics to all their church branches in America. <laughs> everywhere. Prayer warriors everywhere. Praying, praying, praying. Nothing happened. Then they understood that ah, they have to thank God. It dawned on them that thanksgiving, why don't we try thanking God? So that same day they had that revelation, the family came together and they said, Father, we know you are a father and you love us. It is difficult for us to thank you in this situation. It doesn't even seem right to us. <laughs> That's what we are praying. Uh, but anyway, we say thank you that our daughter is a stripper. Thank you that she has gone to the nightclub. Thank you for what she's doing. They thank God for what was happening. Listen, the same day they were praising God in the, in the night when she had stripped, a stranger walked straight to her in front of the club and said, I want you to know that you are they're very beautiful, but Jesus is calling you. A stranger, the girl was so convicted, she left what she was doing and followed him. And she gave her life to Christ the same day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brethren, God doesn't lie. They thank God in the situation and for the situation and it worked. Do you remember John chapter 6? When Jesus spoke, had finished speaking to the multitude, the Bible says there were 5,000 men, so you can add women and children. For three days they had no eating. Jesus said, give ye them to eat. And the Bible says he was just testing his disciples because he himself knew what to do. Then he asked Philip, Philip, from whence shall we find bread? Jesus never said how. He says where. He's speaking of location. 
It doesn't mean Jesus didn't have money. The money was there, but where to buy? Because they were in the desert. And he asked Philip because the place was nigh unto Bethsaida, and Philip was from Bethsaida. So he knew the area. So Jesus asked him. <laughs> then Philip said, Hmm, 200, ah, that's it. 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. Can you imagine? Philip is like a mathematician, just calculated. <laughs> now, now, 200, who said science students? Uh, Philip was a science student, right? <laughs> and Peter was a fisherman. <laughs> How can scientists and fishermen be friends? <laughs> now, 200 penny worth is a salary you get after working for eight months. In those days. Eight months. So, if you use eight month salary to buy bread, it's not enough that everyone may take a little. So, Phyllis, you know, Philip's problem was the magnitude of the problem. That was his problem. He saw how huge the problem is. Then Andrew came and said, there's a little lad here. There's a lad here. With five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Let me show you the problem of Andrew and the problem of Philip. Philip's problem is that he sees how big the problem is. What are they among so many? But Andrew, his problem is the littleness of the supply. How can a boy's lunch feed the multitude? So with Andrew, I want to go do, I want to do my master's in Ukraine. And I need 20,000 pounds. But what I have is 1,000 Ghana. <laughs> And you are full of anxiety. The littleness of the supply. What is this among so many? So that's Andrew's problem. What I have can't do anything. It's too small. And Philip, the thing is too big. Know their problem? They were concentrating on how big the issue is or how small the supply is. They have forgot. They never paid attention the one who was standing in their presence. The very God Almighty. The one that measures the waters in the hole of his hands. You see, he, the majestic one, was standing in their presence. Yet they were talking about littleness. Instead of looking to Jesus, they were looking to issues and circumstances. Because you see, the cattle of a thousand hills belong to him. <laughs> Everything is his. He's the all, the omnipotent, the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one was just in their presence. And they were concentrating on issues. Now, Jesus, what, how did he solve the issue? He just took the little, and the Bible says, he broke it, he gave thanks. He gave thanks. Then there was multiplication. He taught us what to do when we have little. If you have little, start giving thanks for the little. You think you have one city, thank God for the one city. He shows us how the little can be magnified or can be multiplied. Praise God. And he fed all of them and gathered 
fragment, 12 baskets full. One for each disciple so that there will be no argument amongst them. <laughs> they gathered 12. <laughs> so that Judas will not fight with Thomas. <laughs> now, Jesus gave thanks. Now, look, let, let's see where it, the next verse. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, so he gave thanks. Now, in verse 23, go to verse 23. How be it? So now they have left the place. And another day they came back to that same place. The Bible says, How be it? There came other boats from Tiberias, now unto the place where they, where they did its bread, where they did its bread. After that, the Lord had given thanks. You see, the Holy Spirit was so pleased with Jesus giving thanks. Now, when they go, they go to that same location, the Bible says, the same place where our Lord gave thanks. The emphasis was not on the multiplication of bread and the miracle that happened, but the emphasis was on where our Lord gave thanks. To tell us how pleased the Holy Spirit was by God, Jesus giving thanks. Can you give thanks in every adverse situation? Can you give thanks in every adverse situation? Then you, I told you what thanksgiving does. It opens the door of grace. Praise God. A certain man was sentenced into prison for 50 years. How many years? 50 years. So he knew that all his life. Assuming you are 30 years and you are put into prison for 50 years. <laughs> you better write your will in prison. Then he got a book on thanksgiving and praise. And when he got a book, wow, he was enlightened. And began thanking God for his issue, for being in prison. The same day. He was thanking God. He thanked God and praised God. Ah. The next day, the officers came and said, his sentence is lifted from 50 years to two years. The next day. Because grace came in. I'm telling you, if you learn what I'm telling you, testimonies. Testimonies. There was this preacher who went, who was traveling. He got to the airport. And he was holding his suitcase. As he was waiting for his flight, someone just walked in to where he was violently and hit the suitcase. The suitcase, he hit the suitcase and it fell off and opened. And all the items scattered on the ground. Now, if it was you, what would you do? I can't forget the story. There was this man nicely dressed in suit and tie holding this suitcase in a bank. And it opened. You know what was inside? The su suitcase was filled with the bullfruit. <laughs> and it fell all over. They couldn't hold themselves. The whole bank, everyone was laughing. <laughs> it was all over the bank. <laughs> so this man, he was holding a suitcase and the guy hit the suitcase. It just opened. And that's what he did. He just said, he just bowed down, smiled, 
So, Father, thank you for what has happened. Father, thank you for the embarrassment. Father, thank you for the shame. I give you all the glory. And as he was speaking everything, smiling, thanking God for what has happened. And he closed his back and went to stand there again. Then a man who came to him just drew closer and said, Say, I'm amazed you are not offended. How come you're not offended at me? Then he said, Actually, I've been frustrated standing here. And I told the Holy Spirit, he didn't even know he was, I told the Holy Spirit, can you please lead him to someone who can help me in my situation? And when I saw you come to stand there, I just felt I should come to you. So I was so excited, just, I, I don't know you anyway. I, I felt so excited to come to you that I mistakenly hit your suitcase. Can you imagine? Then they spoke for 10 minutes. Then a man's, the preacher's um, flight was called. Then when they were parting, the man turned and said, Sir, we'd like to have you in Fort Worth. I own this facility and I cannot wait to have you there. Apparently, the preacher in all his life has been be- believing God to get an opening into that same place, that same facility. And he was believing God when, just trusting God that that door will be open to him. Not knowing that that man owned all that facility. <laughs> Praise God. Is it what Thanksgiving could do? So if he had lost his temper... So many things would have happened. There is a book called, the title is Hey God. Hey God. That was written by a pastor. He was a full gospel men's business fellowship. He was a president at that time. And he wrote his story in the book. It's about, it's about Thanksgiving. Hey God. Now this man, they had an accident. And his only daughter lost her memory. So she was taken to the hospital. He prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing happened. So he got offended. The pastor got offended with God. Now he told God, you say you are a loving father. I don't think you are. Because if I I love my daughter, if I have the power to transform her, I would have done it. And you claim to love me and love my daughter, but you have done nothing about it. Can you imagine a pastor offended with his God? So he began drifting away. Whilst he was complaining, he heard a still small voice within him. Just thank me that your daughter is exactly where she is. Then she, he said, the, the pastor said, I can't do that. Can you imagine? <laughs> It doesn't sound right in my ears. I can't do that. So he didn't give thanks. He was embittered. And after three years, he was complaining and he heard the same still small voice. Just give me thanks that she's exactly where she is. Again, he replied, this is not right. I can't do that. Until the seventh year. That day, she decided to go to the hospital to see her daughter for the last time. Because she, they've done everything they could, and her memory was lost. She couldn't rec- recognize him. 
So while he was going, walking in the, the corridor or something, her daughter was at the last word. While he was walking, the voice came the third time. Just give me thanks that she's exactly where she is. This time around, he gave in and started praising God, started thanking God. He just said, Father, thank you for my daughter. Thank you that she's where she is. Thank you that she has lost her memory. I give you praise. So she was, he was walking. I give you praise. Thank you, Father. I exalt you. You are everything. As he was close to the last word, he, she heard someone scream, I want to see my daddy. The nurses didn't believe her. And he just entered into the world. And the daughter just ran to him and hugged him. It was gone. Total deliverance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you are going to give thanks for everything that you experience in life? Acts 16, verse 25. And at midnight, oh my, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises, and the prisoners heard them. Now, can you imagine you going for evangelism? At this time, their backs were lacerated. They were deep cuts. They had shipped them. What would you have done? You'd have said, back to the sender. I cursed them. I cursed them. You'd have cursed them, cursed their roots, cursed their back, cursed. <laughs> and blame God. Why me? Lord, I, this little work that I came to do for you. Is that how you can repay me? You say there is a reward in evangelism. Is, is this my reward? <laughs> you see, I was telling one, I, 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 I was telling them um, Acts 5, 42, 41, when the apostles were beaten. The Bible says they were beaten. 40 and 41, they were beaten. In, in, the, in the Greek, they were flayed or they were skinned. The word is to skin. They skin them. <laughs> they skin them to flee. See their response, 41. And they departed from the presence of the council, the Supreme Court, actually. Rejoicing, hallelujah, that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Can you imagine? And this was what Paul and Silas were doing. Just happy. Instead of complaining and murmuring, they were praising and it wasn't small praises, so the prisoners heard them. Huh? And look at the next verse, what happened? And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. That means that when you start praising God, you have two things coming your way. Suddenly and immediately. Look at it. Two things came after the praises. And suddenly and immediately. If you want the suddenly miracle and immediately miracle, start praising God. <laughs> the suddenly and immediately. Now listen, praise is so powerful that it doesn't only affect you, it affects your neighbors. Listen, when they are bound, the shackles, when their chains were loosed, it wasn't only them. Out of their praise, all the prisoners, all their chains were loosed. Have you seen it? And everyone's bands were loosed, not only Paul and Silas, the rest of the prisoners. And because of that, the, the jailer was saved, including all his household. As a result of that, we see the Philippian church. 
<laughs> praise God. <laughs> so, brothers and sisters, your praise will cause mighty signs and wonders. Suddenly and immediately. May you experience that suddenly. The sudden, sudden. Oh, I wish you can believe it. Blessed is she that believeth. For there shall be a performance of those things which were spoken of the Lord. A certain preacher went, was, was invited for a dinner among people who call, we call the upper crust of the society. The wealthy class. The blue-blooded patricians. Those who are aristocratically diplomatic. But when you are going, you, you wonder whether you are even walking well. You understand? <laughs> so as he sat down, it was a banquet. He took the cutlery. But he was messing himself up. So that's what he said. Father, I thank you that I'm embarrassing myself. <laughs> Can you imagine? He said, Father, thank you that I'm embarrassing myself. Then the host was passing by and heard what she said. He said, and stopped and said, what did you say? Then she drew closer. Then he repeated what he said. The woman was so moved and said, I wish I can say that in all my challenges. Can you imagine? Wealthy people have a lot of challenges also. And as he spoke, the woman was converted. And the hundred people were invited for the meeting were all converted that day. Oh. Hallelujah. <laughs> because of a good response. Glory to God. A certain couple had their, their daughter admitted in hospital. The, 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 the lady had a mental problem. And they had prayed and prayed and prayed for months. Nothing was happening. This time around, they decided to try Thanksgiving. They started thanking God that their daughter's mind... She's insane. They were thanking, thanking God for her insanity. <laughs> Father, we thank you that her mind has gone off. It was in the evening. The next morning, they had a call from the hospital. Please come now to the hospital. Something is happening. When they went, the daughter could recognize their parent. After two weeks, she was discharged from the hospital. Hallelujah. Suddenly and immediately. A few years ago, we're going for our wedding anniversary, myself and my wife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think it was our that we love such things. It was our sixth honeymoon. You know, I realized that Ghanaians don't like honeymoon. It's just once in your lifetime. And people go for honeymoon for three days. It's not good. Now in the Bible, now in the Bible, honeymoon is one year. <laughs> one year. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. It's very important. It's the foundation for the marriage. 
that's why you need proper counseling before you marry. It's, 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 yeah. You have to see for your honeymoon. Yeah, because you spend time t- together. When you go, all your phones are off. The only person you see morning, afternoon, evening is your spouse. <laughs> to be continued from your counseling session. <laughs> but you see, for us, for our family, Pastor T goes for honeymoon every year. If you don't know, your pastor goes for honeymoon every year. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. It's very powerful. And this time around, we're planning to go for the honeymoon. About a week before, or two weeks before, the money for the honeymoon, I, I went to sow it. <laughs> so I wasn't having any money on me. And my wife didn't know it. <laughs> so everyone was planning. We've taken our kids to our in-laws. Someone was even, Father Joseph was even coming home. Every, doing every arrangement. But nobody knows the money to go is not there. <laughs> now we're going on Wednesday and it was Monday. As I was walking out, I started sweating. <laughs> I started declaring. I called for, for money. I declared, declared. After declaring, I realized that I didn't have faith for the declaration. Monday evening. What do I tell my wife? She's so excited. She can't wait. She has selected all that she's going to wear and all that. You know what I did? Then it, it just dawned on me. I just remember the first statement I, I, mentioned, I, I, I spoke of, that I, I stated when I came here. When, I just remember, I said, praise is what to do. When you don't know what to do, it just dawned on me. So I went to hide somewhere. This one, I started praising God. I praised God, I added, added, I added dancing. You know why I went to hide? Because my dancing is not nice. Because you see, I want to dance in the spirit, not in the flesh. <laughs> I just praise God, Father, thank you. Just relax. By Tuesday afternoon, I had gotten one, one fifty percent. Of what one fifty percent of what I wanted. Is that right? One fifty percent over. One fifty percent. I had calls from Europe. People sending me money from Europe. People I don't even know. So it works. Suddenly, immediately. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Is it last year or the end of last year, early this year, early this year, one of them? I went to a certain hotel, a certain um, Airbnb apartment. I was going to wait on God. So when I got there, where I booked, when I got there, they said, that's not the place I booked. But I know that that's the very room, that's the very apartment, the place I booked. But they said, that is not the place I booked. So I kept quiet. So they took me to where I didn't even like. So I, I quietly accepted it. But I didn't like that room because... I wanted a view and a flowers and a mountain so that it can enhance my meditations. <laughs> so when I got to this other room, I didn't like that room. I put my bag down and I said, Father, thank you that they have given me a room I don't like. Thank you that I don't like this place, but anyway, I give you thanks to you be all the glory. So I, I unpacked. I, was, I just I even went to lie down. After 30 minutes, I had a knock on my door. He says, please, we are so sorry. We now realize our mistake. This is not the place we should have put you. We have made a mistake. We are sorry. Please, I want to take you back to that same, that place. So they took all my staffs, helped me, got there. And they said, for the inconvenience we've, we've caused you, we are inviting you for a whole weekend, free of charge. Just come and enjoy. It's a very nice place. Come and enjoy this place. You and your wife, a whole weekend. Please come for the inconvenience we have caused you. Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice place. That's where Prophet Jima had his honeymoon. So it's a nice place. <laughs> Listen, I could have argued. The best I could have had is to get the place back. How about the free weekend? But Thanksgiving opened the door. It opened the door of grace. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 20, Israel under Jehoshaphat, three nations gathered together to come against Israel. Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir. In fact, Israel couldn't even fight against one of them. How much more three nations together? It's like, listen, it's like Russia, America, and China together against Ghana. <laughs> what will you do? <laughs> You're already dead. <laughs> But as they were preparing, a prophet came, God's word came. You, you do not need to fight this battle because the battle is a loss. I think in verse 15, the battle is a loss. I want you to know that the battle is God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. And the word, the battle is not yours, but God's. In the, in the Hebrew, the battle is a lost portion. It's used just like the tithe is a lost portion. You see, when you get your income, you don't touch the tithe. Is that not so? Because the tithe belongs to what? God. So the tithe is a lost portion. You don't touch the tithe. That is the idea here. When you are going through challenges or battle, the battle is a lost portion. You don't touch it. <laughs> Just stand back and let the Lord, the Lord fight those battles. This thing works. If like say the Lord take over and just step back, you see what he will do. Look at verse 17. 
You shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Wow. Now, in the Hebrew, stand still and see Yeshua. That's the Hebrew. Stand still and see Yeshua. You know Yeshua? Yeshua in, in English is Jesus. So, stand still and see Jesus. <laughs> now, what does it mean? How do you interpret stand still and see the salvation of the Lord? Doesn't mean just stand like this. How did they stand still? How did they do it? They started praising God. Now, going for the battle against these three strong nations, you know those who were leading the battle? The commandos were not leading the battle. Ordinarily, the soldiers with their helmet, with their shield, with their sword, with their breastplate, with their shoes, they lead the army. But this time around, praise and worship leaders and singers. With, how can you go to battle with tambourine? You are not serious at all. You are going to fight those with swords and spears. You are holding tambourines and trumpets. You know the story. As they preached, God allowed them to kill themselves. They just got there and the people were dead and they carried the, the wealth, the plunder, the spoil. That's what happened when you praise God. When you praise God, you wouldn't need to fight a battle. God himself shows himself. And you begin to see the supernatural happening on your behalf. Hallelujah. How many of you will praise God from today as never before? Because the Bible says in Psalm 47 verse 7, God is the king of the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. So what I'm doing is that when you start praising God, whether praising verbally or sing in a, in a, in a song, you do it with, with what? Because the supernatural, the miraculous comes with the understanding. Let me show you what praise can give you. Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60 verse 11. Therefore, thy gate shall be open continually. They shall not be shut by day or by night. That they may bring unto thee the wealth. Now King James says forces. But other versions says the wealth of the Gentiles. Or Gentiles is nations. The wealth of the nations that their kings may, may be brought. So he's prophesying that your gate will be opened. Say, my gate will be opened. For what? That the wealth of the nations will come in. Say after me, that the wealth of the nations will come in. The wealth of the nations or the forces of the Gentiles. Thy gate shall be opened. Verse 18. Look at verse 18. Look at verse 18. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting or destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gate praise. He says that your gate will be opened, that the nations will bring in their wealth. And he says that gate is called praise. Are you following? <laughs> that means that when praise is opened, the wealth of the nations comes in. Hallelujah. Brethren, when you go home, open the gate of praise. And start up praising God. And when you open the gate of praise, it is a means to access wealth. The wealth of the nations will come in. Glory to God. So by praise, you access wealth. By praise, you access wealth. Psalm 67, verse 5. 
Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Let, let, all the people must praise God. Then look at the result. Look at the result. Then shall the earth yield her increase. So even agriculture increase comes by praising God. Praises. Then shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our God, shall bless us. So we are talking about economic blessing. Let all the people praise, praise thee. Then shall the earth. Come on. So now, the, they were farmers. Primarily, they were farmers. So the earth will bring forth her increase. That means that when you start praising God, whatever you are preoccupied with, your occupation, whether it is business, whether it is you are a student, whatever you are doing, it will begin to yield forth its increase. That's the power of praise. Hallelujah. Praise gives you victory in spiritual warfare. Victory. Psalm 8 verse 2. Out of the mouth, now this, uh, uh, the psalmist is quoting here, David. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength, because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and avenger. He says, out of the, thy mouth, God has ordained strength. See, God has ordained strength in my mouth. There is nothing of, there is no praise here, but you see, Jesus quoted the same verse in Matthew twenty-one verse sixteen, and Jesus look at Matthew twenty-one verse sixteen, and he said unto, unto him, here is thou what thee say and jesus said unto them yea have ye never read out of the mouth of babies and cyclones thou hast perfected praise so now david said strength but jesus says praise so strength is praise and praise is strength are you here now in the old testament he said strength in the septuagint is the word dunamis dunamis the greek says dunamis do you know what dynamis means in, a, in, 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 a, in the Septuagint, in the Greek? Dynamis is the combined forces of an entire military. That's dynamis. The combined forces of, a, of an entire military in one person. <laughs> you know, Elijah, they call Elijah the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. That means you don't need the entire army of Israel to fight. You only need Elijah. Because he's the, the nation's army in one. So dynamis is the combined forces of an entire army. That's the word strength. <laughs> That's the word strength here. And Jesus calls it praises. You know what comes out of your mouth when you start praising God? Dunamis. Now in the, in the Greek, dynamis in the Greek actually is inherent power capable of reproducing itself like a dynamo. But dynamis is power that's with inherent power that waits for signals before it can be released before it is activated it waits for a certain signal it must be activated to be released that's dynamis like a dam look at akosombo dam it contains incredible power but if the channels are closed nobody enjoys electricity the nation will not enjoy electricity and the neighboring countries will not enjoy electricity because they all feed from Akosombo Dam. But if the channel, channels are let open, and this, hallelujah, hallelujah, the power flows to the plants and gets into our homes, then we enjoy everything. Uh, the divine dam is in you, but the signal for activation is in praise. So Jesus now interchanged strength, dunamis, for praise, to tell us that praise 
is doing a mess. So when you praise, incredible, incredible power is released. Hallelujah. Let's see our last but one. There's Psalm 149. Verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Can you imagine? So the praise is in your mouth and the word of God is in your hand because the word of God is a two-edged sword in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The next verse. Look at what praises does. To execute vengeance upon the hidden and the punishment of the, upon the people. The next verse. To bind kings with chains spiritual authorities your praises binds them kings with chains and nobles with fetters of iron when you praise all the witches in your family will begin to bow to execute upon them the judgments written this honor you think it's only for apostles and prophets this honor have all his saints every believer has this honor when you praise powers begin to bow just begin to praise 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 the last verse is exodus 15 verse 11 Who is like unto thee, O Lord? Among the gods, who is like unto thee? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Listen, it means in praises, he does wonders. That's what the verse means. He does wonders in praises. This is just when they came out of the Red Sea. And when the Red Sea was smitten into two, Thetha and Hetha. And Miriam began to take the tambourine and began to dance. When Anarantra went to heaven, they showed her that Satan has stolen three things in the church. Satan has stolen Miriam's tambourine. And she, he has stolen the, the widow's bowl, the widow of Zarephath. And he has stolen Goliath's sword. In the bank, Goliath's sword speaks of the finished work of Christ. Um, the widow's bowl speaks of depending on God for your daily supply. The Miriam's tambourine is praise. The devil has stolen that. But we are restoring it today. So I want you to learn to praise God in every day. In Christ, overflow with thanksgiving. Because when you thank God, it, it, the blessings are too much. Fearful in praises, doing wonders. Listen, start praising God. Believe, oh, that's what, that's what you have to go home and go over this message. Because you see, the more you read, the more you go over the word, faith, faith comes alive. And when you start praising, you are praising with, with, with joy, with laughter, because you know something is happening. Something is truly happening. Listen, the Father loves us. He has given us all the weapons. All the weapons. You don't need to be defeated in life. And now you have praise and thanksgiving. Who is like, can we sing this song together? Let's sing this song. And let's begin to praise and thank God for God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.